Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Eight seasons have passed since Iowa last won a national title. During their absence at the top of the podium, Penn State has won seven titles, while Ohio State won a championship in 2015. Despite the seemingly insurmountable dominance of the Nittany Lions, there's new hope in Iowa City. Last year, the Hawkeyes' prized recruit Spencer Lee won a national title in his freshman season. Since then, the program has added multiple blue-chip wrestlers via transfer and scored the commitments from three top 100 recruits, highlighted by the recent commitment of Cadet World Bronze medalist Ava Saad of Glenbard North in Illinois. Joining me on the mat side today to discuss the Hawkeye momentum is the proprietor of the Iowa Wrestling Fan Blog, Todd Connor. Todd, welcome to the pod. Thank you for having me, Richard. I don't like to waste people's time too much. We can go right into Ava Saad. You said on your blog that you thought he was the number one recruit for this class. Um, what stuck out to you about his game, and what impact do you see him having on the lineup? You know, when I, I Richard and I, when I was watching Ava Saad online, I, I, first of all, the having services like what you folks have there at Intermed is just for a fan like me, uh, it's great. We can have, you know, I'm out here in rural route Iowa and through technology, I have all this access to rankings and, and, and results. And, and, and as fans, I've never been more informed. So as a fan, it's just, it's a great, it's never been better to be a fan. And when I was looking at Abe Assad, I just kept seeing parallels to Jacob Warner uh, in that uh, as a sophomore, Abe Assad did not even place at the state tournament. And then he went, and I think he won, I think he won a cadet national title class, Greco Roman or freestyle, but he really made his big move as a junior. He won his first state title at 170. He comes from Glenbird North, which is a very well known program with a great head coach. And that Izzy, Izzy Wrestling trained, uh, that's a big deal. Izzy Martinez is one of the biggest names out there. And what I always look for is wrestlers that are still improving. And when you look at how, you know, Jacob Warner, he won his cadet national title as a sophomore in high school, but then, boom, he just shot way up as a junior. And I just saw Abe Assad on the same trajectory, you know, and going over, they both placed up one of bronze at the World Cadet Freestyle Championships. And I just think Assad has, he's improving. He's, he's the best in the country right now. He's uh, your number one. I'm sure he'll be your number one at 182. And he's still improving in leaps and bounds. And that's what I look for in a recruit that, you know, are they peaked? You know, are they a man in shaving when they were 10 or 12? And they're, they're, you know, they're pretty much peaked out by the time they're 16, 17? Or are they still getting better in leaps and bounds? And uh, I just see uh, so many, like I said, so many parallels with Assad, with Jacob Warner, having that monster junior year uh, where, you know, he, he really wasn't on any big list a year ago. And now here he is, uh, you know, we're just, you know, we're thrilled to have him, you know, coming in and be an Iowa Hawkeye. As far as what his impact is, I see this as being our elite 184-pound recruit. And as far as timing, we have, we'll have we have a great wrestle-off between a junior and a senior this year with Mitch Bowman, a senior, and uh, 
Cash Wilkie, a junior, and it just works out perfect that that uh, Assad will come in redshirt and then he'll have that opportunity. I think he'll I think he'll be 84, you know, in a couple of years. Uh, at the very most, maybe his true freshman year, maybe he's a 74 pounder. But he wrestled 176 this summer. He looked pretty big. So I just see him being an absolute force, not only at 184 for the Hawks, but the 86 kilo and 189 pounds for international wrestling will be just perfect for him. Uh, I was able to see some clips on Twitter where he's out there at 5.30 in the morning on a football field, and him and a buddy have a log like Navy SEAL training where they're doing you know overhead presses and curls with a big log, or they had like a pole where they're doing it by themselves, doing push-ups and sprints, and uh, it's like, you know what? That's an Iowa wrestling. Yeah, you were saying that he's out in the field for training. It sounds like Thomas Gilman in the parking lot uh, before the Yasser Dogu recently. So yeah. <laughs> definitely fitting into that mindset. Yep. So anyway, I was just going to say the class of 2019 also has number 48 in the internet rankings, Zach Glazier, and then also Patrick Kennedy, who I believe is number 10 in the 2020 class, according to Intermat. Do you know? Do you think that that's going to put a bow on the recruiting for this cycle for the Hawkeyes, or do you think they're still looking to add a few more? Well, I did see online, uh, I'm sorry, I don't remember, I always try to give full credit to whoever I hear from, I apologize, I can't remember where I read it, but uh, uh, Bevan Belmacita from uh, from South Dade in Miami had Iowa as one of his six finalists, and the USA Today article had him in January had Iowa one of his five finalists, and he's uh, probably going to be uh, the number one recruit at 160 this year, I think he wrestled 52 last year, 5'7", uh, very good athlete. I think his dad's won. Uh, sorry, I'm going to have a memory from an article this winter, but I think he's won like 10 state titles. I mean, it's a very successful program. Also, we have uh, Patricio Lugo, who's from that same high school. So that's a great connection. So as far as 2019, as far as the big, that's the only other big name recruit that I know of at this time. I know that just from reading that media, like like you know, all the other fans, that uh, I was one of the six finalists in. You know, anytime you get a coach's kid, any sport, you always like getting a coach's kid, whether it's basketball, football, wrestling, whatever the sport is. And, uh, you know, that would be another really big recruit. But as far as, like, the weight, I see Kennedy being a 65-pounder. He's a very – oh, he's a powerful belt guy. Holy smokes. But I don't see him getting – I just see him being a 65-pounder. Glazer's tough to to judge because I'm going to guesstimate him at 6'1". Has a heck of a frame on him. Boy, that's a that's a big guy. I mean, he could end up being a 97 pound. I just put in my blog 174 to 197 because I have no idea. With a with a tall frame like that, um, and with Iowa's you know strength program, it just it's hard to tell where he'll end up. Um, and I you know I just I'm projecting Assad will be an 84 pounder. The way he's growing and maturing, uh, he's he looks he's a big looking dude. He looks. Uh, I mean, I wonder how close he is to 190 or 195 right now. He looks pretty big. So I think 84 will be a perfect weight. So, and then if Belmacita, if he comes in the fold, uh, if he's already at 160, you know, you know, maybe looking at you know potential 74 pounder. It's just hard to say. But uh, uh, no, I don't see any problem with overlap for uh, for recruits at all. As an Iowa wrestling fan, is it important to you that the guys who come in have that sort of traditional Iowa mindset? I mean, we're talking about guys like Kennedy and Assad. They seem to really fit the the mold of what it means to be an Iowa wrestler with that forward pressure and that aggression. But, um, you know, is that necessary for you guys? Or do you think that just, you know, a high level wrestler is what you guys are looking for? It's, uh, I'm trying to think the best way to answer this. It's, it's whatever works. 
I mean, uh, I had an a wrestling fan that's a, a generation older than me made a great point to me about Dan Gable in the past, how vastly different the personalities were in one of our all-time great teams of 1986. I mean, you had Royce Aldrin and Brad Penrith that were showstoppers and would be the center of attention and very outgoing guys. Then you had guys that were uh, very quiet and wouldn't, you know, I mean, you didn't really hear them talk above a whisper. And that was part of the genius of people is having all those different types of personalities. But the common trait was they all wanted to be the best. That's certainly one of the best teams of all time. And same way with Iowa wrestling, there's, there's more than one, one way to skin a cat as the same goes. So style, I mean, it, it's basically the, the, the work ethic. You know, who's going to be able to withstand the Iowa training? And once the wrestlers come in and they go through those workouts, they're going to know. So I just don't, I just have full faith that whoever wants to be an Iowa Hawkeye, whoever Iowa wants to have come in the program is going to have that style that you just mentioned. More than likely, they're going to, you know, they're going to have that work ethic and that training uh, mindset. And that, that's just, uh, you know, otherwise they're just not going to make it. And Iowa's not for everybody. Uh, there's been many wrestlers over the past, you know, I'd see them on recruiting trips and they wanted to be national champions and, and sometimes legends or Hall of Famers, but Iowa was not for them. You know, it's certainly nothing personal. It's not for everyone, but for the ones it is right for, uh, it's just, it's a great fit. Yeah, you mentioned hard hard work. One of my favorite Gable stories, and I, I don't remember what book it's from, but he talks about how he had a guy on the team who was bragging about how hard he works, but he didn't actually see it. So one day he drove him outside of town and just had him run back. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's something that's been systemic <laughs> to the program for years. Um, the one thing I wanted to mention is as far as the, the work ethic is that, uh, you know, that's kind of where the, the, the peer pressure, I don't want to call it pressure, but just being one of the boys that if, if someone is not up to that level of training, they're probably going to see that when on their visit and not want to be a part of the program. So once Iowa signs a guy, I just have full faith that they're going to have that, that work ethic and that toughness um, that, that Iowa wrestling is legendary for. Recently, it seems to an outside observer that Iowa's really picked up in recruiting. Uh, it's always been strong, but I think, you know, going back a couple seasons, probably starting with the Kemmerer class, it seems like you guys have been picking up more and more blue chip type recruits. Do you see a shift in uh, the recruiting? And if you do, why? Um, I might be a little biased because I've known Ryan Morningstar since he was born. I mean, he's a real close friend of mine. We're from the same town. And, um, you know, I, I watched him grow up and was a big fan of his all while he wrestled. But uh, I just point the finger at Ryan Morningstar. You know, as he continues to get a, you know, he, it took him a few years to get his footing into building those relationships. Uh, you know, Ryan Morningstar is that bridge between Iowa wrestling and the recruits. He's evaluating the talent, seeing who would be right, the right fit for the program. You know, he's building that initial relationship with the wrestler and their parents and their family and their support system. And, you know, definitely going back, looking back to 2015 when we got Michael Kemmer. 2016, we got Alex Merrick, of course, Michael Kemmer out of the Young Guns, out of the, the uh, Western PA area there, Western yeah, Western PA, the Pittsburgh area. Then we got uh, Alex Marinelli, uh, Bull there, out of the famous school there in, in Ohio, St. Paris Graham. And then we had the, the monster class of 2017 with Spencer Lee and Jacob Warner. I just think it's like anything else. You have trends and you have momentum, but also you have Ryan Morningstar. And... I just, uh, you know, the, the work he puts in, um, and when when you read the comments that that uh, uh, Mr. Cashman made and Mr. Assad made, um, sorry, I can't remember the exact writers or where I saw it, the Reddit app, but 
they both mentioned how when they, they came, they went through some practices. You know, uh, Aaron Cashman was not even considering Iowa. They weren't even one of his top five schools. He'd come out to train for the World Cup in April, went through one practice with Tom Brands one day. Next day he comes back, Terry Brands goes through a practice, saw the way the Iowa wrestlers were, and was like, you know, I want to be a Hawkeye. And when I just read some comments and quotes from uh, from Abe Assad, same thing, you come out and get some workouts. You know, so the whole thing, if there's a secret sauce, it's getting the recruits on campus to work out, and they're going to decide, you know, if that's where they want to be. And once they get in there and they see that the, what the coaches are like, uh, as opposed to maybe what they're maybe hearing from from competition, and they see what the Iowa wrestlers are like, uh, that just seems to be the winning formula. But uh, I still point the finger to Ryan Morningstar doing an, an unbelievable job uh, as a recruiter. Yeah, and I mean, he Ryan Morningstar is a guy who obviously he wrestled for the Hawkeyes and. You know, he was not healthy for a lot of his collegiate career, and he really powered through and, you know, put the team above himself. So if you see a guy like that and you're a wrestler and you're able to, you know, go back on YouTube and watch those matches, it's hard to not want to wrestle for someone like that. Uh, when you look at when the Iowa wrestlers, when they've had their, their bigger recruits commit and the wrestlers put a collage of, of, you know, they're putting Ryan Morningstar in there with Tom and Terry Brandt and mentioning, you know, him as part of their decision. And that, that's that's kind of rare to hear of, you know, your number three coach. Now, I know he's in charge of recruiting, but Tom and Terry Brands are your big marquee names. I mean, they're Hall of Famers, legends, but, you know, Ryan's really the face of the program. He puts an incredible amount of time traveling all around the country to be there in person. Uh, you know, yeah, you can watch on the computer, but there's nothing like being there in person uh, to evaluate the talent and all of his hard work. And that guy puts in crushing hours. I mean, that's 12 months a year. Uh, you know, and, and, and all of his hard work these past five, six years uh, is definitely paying off for the Hawks. All right. I know you love to talk about the recruiting, but I think we'd be remiss if we did not sort of preview uh, next year's lineup. Uh, one of the big question marks going into the season for the Hawkeyes is the uh, status of Sam Stoll. Uh, he might not be able to go at the beginning of the season, might not be able to go at all next season. It's sort of under the radar. And considering that, Anthony Cassiope actually had a very strong summer competing in freestyle and Greco. Uh, if you think that they needed him to go at heavyweight, do you think he could do it? And how do you think they would bring him along if they had to? You know, I'm going to be just as honest with you as I can. I had not even thought of that. Um, um, I just have faith that Sam Stoll will be ready to go. Uh, Big Tens is up in Minneapolis. So when, when we hit the mats for Big Tens, I'm just confident. I, I just had not thought of Sam Stoll not being ready to go. So he kind of caught me a little off guard there. <laughs> uh, we do have uh, Aaron Costello, farm boy, uh, Iowa farm boy, very strong, uh, incredibly hard worker, uh, very hard working guy. Uh, has what I call redneck strength. He's really transformed his physique, uh, and I think he'll be he'll do a, a really good job uh, filling in for Sam Stoll until he gets in there. As far as will Cassiope be pulled out of redshirt? I had not even thought of that. I was just assuming he would redshirt. So. Um, I guess I just have full faith in Sam Stoll. He's a tough guy. I'm a big fan of his, in part because he is so tough. You know, coming back from those two knee surgeries, uh, you know, he looks physically, I mean, he looks incredibly strong. Uh, big old back on him. I mean, he's still maturing, and he's, what, 22 now. So he's really starting to put on that next phase of, of man strength. As Bryce Alger always called it, man strength in your 20s. The older you get in your 20s, the, the stronger you get. So, uh, you, you caught me a little off guard because I, I just, uh, I, you know, if Sam Stoll is not ready to go, Aaron Costello will do a, a really good job for us. And then when Big Ten's rolls around in March up in uh, Minnesota, up at Minneapolis, I fully expect to see Sam Stoll in there and doing a great job. 
Well, I think that everyone in the wrestling world wants to see that. And, you know, if he does miss extended time or maybe even the whole season, I mean, it would be a shame considering that the heavyweight class is kind of thinned out this year. I mean, Kuhn and Snyder have both moved on. Uh, Minnesota is going to have Stevenson this year, which is probably going to go right away. But I have to imagine that Stoll will probably be preseason top three and one of the favorites to, you know, make an NCAA final this year. I'd agree. And uh, all his hard work, uh, I'm sure hoping it'll pay off. And, and I just have faith that it will. And it's uh, it's just so important to have that uh, have that anchor, that last match, whether it's a dual meet or the Big Tens or the Nationals, ending on a positive note. And you know, when, you, when you're at Carver Arena, you, you know, you hear that music, and Sam Stoll comes walking out, marching out, and, and uh, uh, he's a fun heavyweight to watch wrestle. And I'm just confident that. Uh, I guess to use a boxing phrase, I'm just confident Sam Stoll will answer the bell. One of the biggest additions to the Hawkeye lineup next year will be Austin DeSanto, who transfers in from Drexel and expected to take over at 133. Uh, you recently wrote on your blog that you think that the addition of DeSanto means that Iowa can contend for a title this year. Talk a little bit about what the addition of DeSanto means and the impact it could have on the lineup. Throughout last year with the uh with the, the great coverage you can get out on YouTube and different uh, clips from different colleges, I was able to watch DeSanto probably, I don't know, seven or eight matches last year. And every time I'd watch him, I'd think, God, wouldn't this kid look great in the black and gold? I mean, when that whistle blows, boom, he's right in on people. Uh, he's, his motor, he's so aggressive. He works the angles. Um, he, he reminds me of a, a young Barry Davis, who was one of our all-time greats. You know, Barry Davis had incredible energy very aggressive and up in his toes and just always moving and scoring. And I know that's a, you know, I'm saying at this, at this stage when Barry Davis was a true freshman, I think he got like fourth or fifth as a true freshman. So, but uh, DeSano, I mean, the thoughts of being an Iowa wrestling fan sitting in Carver or at the big tens in Minnesota or the NCAA tournament, Pittsburgh and watching Iowa start with Spencer Lee and then Austin DeSano. Wow. That's a great thought as a fan. You know, and that's going to set so much, uh, set the tone with so much momentum for the whole team, whether it's a dual meet or, or the Big Tens or the national tournaments. As far as his potential, I don't want to get the cart in front of the horse, so to speak, and talk about too much. But seeing how, how, how he did this past year as a true freshman, I mean, he's an 18-year-old right off the streets of high school, and he's going in and putting a number on people real early in the season. And I mean putting a big number on them. You know, he was getting some tech falls in the first period. I mean, he's just so – I'm sure us Iowa fans will appreciate his uh, aggressiveness. Uh, I mean, the guy scores points in, in bunches. And just having – it's not just the points on the board or in the scorebook for, for a tournament. It's that momentum and having that feel good going from Spencer Lee and then, boom, having this guy and just having that torch pass from each wrestler throughout the lineup. Uh, you know, yeah, wrestling is an individual sport, but they really feed off of each other's performance. And having a, a go-getter like uh, like Sano in there, uh, that's just a great thought as an Iowa wrestling fan. It's it's almost too good to be true from a storybook standpoint. I mean, we take DeSanto, he knocks off Spencer Lee, who was trying for his fourth straight PA title. Then he goes to the Pittsburgh Wrestling Classic and knocks off former Iowa recruit Justin Mejia. And, you know, now after wrestling for... Uh, a former Iowa wrestler who is an assistant at Drexel. Now he's on the Hawkeyes. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things that seems meant to be. Almost. You could not, if, if you would have scripted that, people said, no way. Come on, that's not going to happen. But when I first heard the news that, first of all, uh, DeSeno was going to transfer, 
And then I read that Iowa was one of his possibilities. I'm telling you what, I immediately had the reaction, that's our national title this year. That, that's what I had that line in my blog. That was just my knee-jerk reaction because I, I knew how good he was. And like I said, yeah, you're right. It's uh, If you'd have wrote that storyline out, no one would have believed you. But uh, uh, yeah, whether that's fate or whatever brought him to Iowa City, uh, I'm just excited. Like I said, starting off at dual meet, the Big Tens and the national tournament, with Spencer Lee and Austin Bassano, wow, that uh, and they all, they both have three years of eligibility left too. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Speaking of storylines, something that started out this summer as a bit of a rumor was Michael Kemmerer, who wrestled the last two years at 157, possibly moving all the way up to 174. I haven't really seen anything disproving this rumor, and it seems like it may actually happen. How would you project him going, uh, or sorry, him doing at 174 after campaigning at 157 these last two years? I see him doing very well. When you look back at his freshman year, you know, this guy was, you know, an average size 49 pounder and he has wrestled 157. And I think he made the national finals. I mean, or he did really well, he did great as a freshman. So when you look at, uh, you know, and like I said, he was an average size 49 pounder, 57. I went about three months without seeing uh, seeing him last year, seeing Marinelli, excuse me, seeing, uh, seeing him last year. And then I saw him about late August, and he just grew. And I interviewed him for my, uh, uh, for my blog, and I just said, you know, hey, uh, Michael, uh, did you try and get this much bigger? I mean, you just look way bigger. And he said it just happened. He just grew. You know, he's a young man, 18, 19, 20 years old. And I see him doing very well at 174. Now, of course, there's two world-class wrestlers already there at 174 that we all know. We've known him <laughs> for years. But uh, I see Kemmer, uh, a healthy Michael Kemmer, doing very well at 174 if that's the way he ends up going. And then with him moving up, what do you think the plan would be at 57? I've heard Caleb Young bandied about, but I don't know if he can really make 157. He's a pretty sizable guy at 165. Uh, no, I, I think he can make 57. Uh, I think he can. Of course, I mean, it's one hour win. But uh, Jeremiah Moody went out to Las Vegas and won the UWW Junior National title. And I just happened to be out there covering the U.S. Open. And, wow, was he impressive. Uh, young wrestler out of Wisconsin. He'll be a redshirt sophomore this year. Uh, young for his grade, so he's still able to wrestle UWW Junior, even though it's the second year of college. And the typical Iowa storyline were, he won so many, he won like three straight close matches at the end, and it was the Iowa conditioning that, that they're legendary for. So Jeremiah Moody is working very hard, real talented, tough wrestler. And, you know, to see him beating all these big recruits that I'd read about, like on Intermatch, you know, I knew so many of his opponents from recruiting polls, you know, or rankings, and are guys that even wrestled as a true freshman and done very well. And Moody looked very impressive uh, there. So between, uh, you know, if he, should Young make it to 57, which I, I think he can, uh, and Jeremiah Moody, I mean, will be very well taken care of at 157. You definitely need that competition. That's the kind of stuff, you know, guys competing for the spot always seems to breed uh, good things for the squad. So before we get out of here, I just wanted to touch on one last thing. And, you know, you've talked about the Hawkeyes contending for a title this upcoming season. Uh, obviously, it's going to be tough. Penn State's got a very dominant lineup coming back with a couple national t- champions. What do you think would need to go right for them to win? Like, what's the uh, what's the scenario where you see him walking home with the first place trophy? Uh, what happened last year, and what happened last year is Iowa wrestling wrestled their best of the entire year at the national tournament. 
you know, them first two rounds, we, we actually the whole tournament, Iowa led in bonus points, major decisions, tech falls, pins. So they weren't just winning, they were racking up bonus points. And Iowa wrestled their best, not everybody, but overall, I thought they wrestled a very good national tournament. So what the perfect scenario, we all know Penn State has a great team. My goodness, that there. And they're going to have uh, first-team high school Americans on the bench because not everybody can wrestle out there. I mean, so they have a really deep team as well, which they always have. Uh, but their depth may even be better than ever this year. So the individuals and the depth is there. The, the perfect scenario for Iowa wrestling is to put 10 weights in the, on the mat where every wrestler is, is not only a contender to be an All-American but to score a lot of points and to peak at the end like they did last year. And because I, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I mean, we had wrestlers getting majors and, uh, and pins at nationals that you didn't see a lot of that throughout the year. So, I mean, they really peaked at the right time. So it's about peaking and, you know, yeah, you always want to win the dual meets, but, you know, being peaked, uh, in Pittsburgh and it's a week later this year, I think nationals is, so it's like the 20th or 21st. So it's a week later. So that, that's what counts. Of course, the big tens, uh, is just a dog fight and the big tens only going to keep getting better. So, I mean, you have to be on top of your game at Big Tens, but really peaking at Nationals. So, I'd say having a healthy team that's peaked, and Iowa should, uh, should you know, have a shot to win it. All right. Well, Todd, Connor, thank you very much for coming on and chatting about the Hawkeyes. Probably have to have you back on before the season. And uh, if anyone wants to hear more of Todd, he does his own podcast over at Iowa Wrestling Fan Blog, and you can also check him out there. What's the uh, web address there? Uh, IowaWrestlingFan.com. Uh, if, you, if you just go into any browser and put in Iowa Wrestling Fan, you'll find my blog. It said it's great to be an Iowa Wrestling Fan. You'll see me. I'm number one or number two on most uh, search engine searches. And then right now my podcast is out on SoundCloud, and I'm going through the transition to get it on iTunes and Google Play as well. So as we uh, get closer to the season, I'm doing at least one a week. I'm definitely going to transition. I just did episode number 23, uh, so I'm still learning as I go, but uh, definitely getting out on iTunes, on Google Play, and hopefully even iHeartRadio. And, and, uh, and as the season goes, uh, Iowa wrestling fans are excited. So uh, there's a lot to talk about. So I appreciate your support and, letting me, and having me on your show. Uh, and I really, uh, hey, can I ask you a quick question? Sure. When is your intermat rankings going to be out for your high school wrestlers? You know, I do not know. I have to check with Josh Lowe, but uh, it has to be coming out pretty soon. So, but yeah, I'll definitely get back to I've been checked every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan that I love why I, I click on your rankings all the time. I mean, every weekend I have that pulled up and when I'm going through results. I just have internet pulled up. I click your, it's very user friendly as well. So I was just looking forward to when your new rankings come out. So I'll keep an eye out for that. All right. Well, thank you. We certainly appreciate the support and, you know, we're happy to provide those rankings to the community for sure. And anytime, uh, I, I bet you uh, like to be on your show. So maybe I'll have you on my show as well. So, Appreciate that, and uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Todd. This show is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.